This is the K-Pop Cast, and in this episode, we'll be discussing Lee Suman and the battle for Kwangya. But before we dive into all that, we're going to share some Black History Month-themed hit replays, songs from our favorite Black producers. Plus, we'll also chat about some Hallyu things sparking our interest this week and give some debak or not reactions. I'm your PD and Michaela. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. And before we dive in, don't forget to join the K-Pop Cast listener fam on Slack. Link to that space in the episode description. And now for some hit replays, Black History Month edition. Plays are what we call K-pop songs you guys should totally check out, named after the Shiny Song, which featured Black producers, the heavyweights. This episode, we're highlighting some of the best K-pop songs ever released by Black producers. So Stephanie, kick us off. What's your hit replay for this week? So my Black History Month hit replay is No Way by Lehigh and G-Soul. It's a B-side off of the 2019 24 Degrees album out of YG Entertainment. And I was so happy when it came out because these two amazing vocalists had just been in the YG singer dungeon for years. Oh my goodness. But they both blossomed with this one. Until this week when I was doing my research that No Way was produced by a black man. His name is Joel Cowell Jr., otherwise known as Jaybird. And another fun fact, he's a native of the East Bay. What up? Yay area. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, so I actually started looking into him and um, like... It's no surprise to me why I love his like soulful sound so much. He has a background in jazz, like his family had a jazz band. So he was like right out the gate, like playing instruments in a deep layered way. And I watched a video where he talked about how his music production reached Korea. And it was really like by coincidence or happenstance. He was working with a Filipino American singer first, Jeff Burnett. And Jeff wanted to take his music to Asia or like back to Asia, to the Philippines, especially. And then they started touring from there, just hanging out in Japan and Korea. And one of their songs, one of their B-sides that they worked on together got picked up on a Korean TV show called Romantic and Idol. And it was played there and then it just blew up and got popular. And all of a sudden he's meeting with Dean and producing songs together, like What to Do featuring Crush and like then getting introduced all around to other artists, including Lehigh and and actually became kind of a trendsetter in terms of that jazzy instrument first soul groove for the Korean R&B set. So this was just such a, a treasure find for me that now I'm going to like look through his whole discography and find everything he's done Korean or otherwise. I will end with a quote from Jaybird himself, which is on his website. He says, if they get chills from listening, I know I've done my job. 
All I want is to treat their ears right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely a lot of songs like that that mm. uh, yeah, just capture you like that. Yeah. All right. Up next, Petey Nim. So yeah, so jumping off of your B-side song, I'm bringing out another B-side song from The Vault. This is one of my favorite EXO B-sides. It's Ya Ya Ya. So if you guys have been following SM for the you know at least the past five, six years, you've definitely heard of the producer of this song called Dem Joints. Hey. Yeah, his AKA Dwayne hey, Allen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you if you've heard that his his producer tag incoming on a bunch of different songs. Um, most notably recently we heard that on like Ennix's tank. You can hear it really clearly in the first few seconds of the song. But Dem Joints, or AKA Dwayne Allen Abernathy Jr. <laughs> His first K-pop credit was actually on Red Velvet's album, the Red Album with the song Don't You Wait No More back in 2015. And then after that, you see him credited on a few more, specifically SM artist songs. But he's definitely a producer that's really defined NCT's sound since 2020, because especially with the song Kick It that he was the main producer on. And he's been the main producer on all of their title tracks since then. So the fact that he's like the main producer for one of SM's like major boy groups shows how much face that the company has in his creative direction. Yeah, so the main reason why I picked this song is I feel like it's one of the great examples of like what happens when you do have a black producer on a K-pop album. Mm -hmm. Specifically because in the Obsession album that this is featured on, they do that thing where they, they use like a vocal sample as like a kind of percussive part of the hook for the song. And in this song, they use a sample from an SWV song called hey. You're the One. Yeah, specifically the the lead singer Coco's like hook from from the chorus of Sing that it, song. Sing it, Michaela. Oh no, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Stephanie, our lead our lead vocal goddess. But yeah, but no, you hear that throughout the song as like kind of that that melody backing track, but then you also hear like Chen and Baekhyun kind of emulating that and riffing off of her her sample throughout the song and it's just this beautiful collaboration of, of vocals throughout the track which for some cases can feel you know repetitive you're just kind of hearing the same sample over and over again but because it's that you know 90s R&B vibe there's like this nostalgia to it and it just you know you never get tired of it every time you hear it mm -hmm. I totally agree I was mad that you picked this one before me honestly <laughs> <laughs> right oh gosh it's just it's so good like so this this song is the the fifth track off of EXO's uh sixth or seventh studio album if you're like tracking Korean versus Chinese albums. Um EXO, if you guys don't know, they were a six-member group at this time because the a member Dio was in the military at the time. But they as of recording this are under SM Entertainment. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> like because you think that's gonna change in a couple of days? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? 
Yeah, all, all, all the members are currently under SM Entertainment, except for member Lay, um, who left SM in, back in like April of 2022, but he's still an official member of EXO. Hmm. Like when we were first talking about the idea for this episode, my mind immediately went to EXO, like precisely because they have so many songs by Black producers yes. and their vocals just like match with that 90s R&B sound so well. So the next song we're going to feature is actually a submission by DJ John, who chose another EXO song, Call Me Baby. So in my recent and very late after the fact research, which is probably common knowledge, I found out Teddy Riley, a.k.a. the creator of New Jack Swing, has been involved in K-pop since 2009, according to a 2018 article in Rolling Stone. Teddy Riley, among other major projects, produced Michael Jackson's Dangerous album 1991. Everyone knows Rex and Effect. All I want to do is zoom, zoom, zoom. And on top of that... Upon further research, I found out that Riley has produced many prominent K-pop songs, such as Girls' Generation's The Boys, and he's also responsible for Rania, which is now Black Swan. I, like most K-pop fans, consider Call Me Baby as one of the staples of K-pop, so imagine my surprise. Not only uh, was it originally written and composed by Dante Johnson, but... The song itself was produced by Teddy Riley. So this song is a perfect example of how New Jack Swing lives on through K-pop after it was mostly abandoned by the U.S. in the mid-90s. I have a more in-depth explanation of why that happened in my Black History Month podcast, if anyone's interested. But yeah, Call Me Baby is the jam. Baby produced by Teddy Riley, one of the most prolific producers in American music, lead singer of Blackstreet. He's credited with the creation of the new Jack Swing genre. Just a legend all around. So thank you, DJ John, for number one, submitting this song for your hit replay. And also number two, for actually giving us the idea to do this Black History Month themed episode. Like DJ John jumped into our Slack and said that he wanted to do a mega mix featuring k-pop songs produced by black folks and was asking for ideas and feedback and we just decided to piggyback off of that and make a whole episode so thanks dj john yeah and his mega mix is now out it's out at the time of this recording so Mm -hmm. um we'll have a link to his mix in the description of this episode so check it out go check it out but pilo wrap us up what's your hit replay for this week all right let me get into character here. Oh um, my God. <laughs> in a world where music reigns supreme, a new anthem has emerged. Under the watchful eye of Lee Suman, a group of the greatest K pop stars have come together to form the ultimate super group, Super M. <laughs> Their mission to unite the world through music. And inspire the greatness in all who hear their sound. And their and weapon to take of on choice. BTS. And to take on BTS, yes. And their <laughs> weapon of choice 
a single word. Chopping. So get ready to join the fight because Super M is here to save the world with the power of music. And Jopping, written by Jeffrey Thomas, is just the beginning. Because <laughs> we'll be jumping and popping, we chopping. I don't even care, you'll be doing ten stage. Left to the right, we go make it, make it bang. It's a passionate girl, let me see you bounce. To the left, to the So, uh, okay, yeah, uh, getting out of silly mode for a moment. Um, part of what makes Jopping so famous, one, like, Jeff, Jeff Thomas is the, uh, was one of the writers behind the song, and he wrote a, a few verses, but one, the verse that has catapulted the song into, like, <laughs> history and memory and mm, legacy and, like, K-pop forever mm -hmm. is this one rap line that that Mark delivers yep. in the song, and I, I'm not gonna try to deliver it like Mark. Maybe we can play an audio sample of yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so and then here's the audio sample of Mark rapping. So everyone loves that verse and yep. it's become a meme into itself. Like it's a become a copy pasta. <laughs> huh. that, that not only do you write, but you like write it with emojis um, throughout the entire thing. So uh, Jeffrey Thomas was the, the brains behind that. Um, as well as dropping uh, the title name itself. And I guess, uh, so I'm, pu I'm pulling from an Envy interview. We'll link to that uh, interview in the description of this episode. Mm -hmm. But he described that dropping was um, actually a term that originated on the East Coast. We put, what? he said that we put hmm. jumping and popping together for the song, uh, but it's actually another term for breakdancing. Um, in the pop lock phase. Mm. Oh, okay. Which makes okay, that that makes me look at sense. it a little differently. I remember <laughs> I was side eyeing heavy and just laughing at this, like, okay, pop, here we go. Now it's now it's got some street credit. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. So one other thing that I want to call out, also from the Envy um, interview with with, with uh, Jeffrey, is that they well, one thing that they noticed is that all the writers for Jopping are black. So. They asked, uh, how has your view changed, if at all, on Black people and culture existing in a foreign music industry? And he said in response that it's cool how now, as much as as much BS as we have to go through all the time, just being Black seems to be a struggle these days. Um, the fact that we still influence so much and can say that a room full of Black creators made this hit song for an Asian group is really cool. And we're all from New Mexico, which is mm. so random. Uh, but it just showed me that anything is possible. Uh, and that this is my very placement on the very first try. That's how quick it Whoa. can happen. Wow. Yeah. So he wasn't originally looking to necessarily break into K-pop. But like it was just like, you know, this was his first uh, pitch and hit. And, and he, he landed the jopping placement? Jopping. Oh my God. Yes, wow. That's right. So in, in case you didn't already know, uh, Jeffrey McRae is a songer and producer based in L.A., and he's written uh, music for a variety of different genres, um, including R&B and pop. His first big break came when he was introduced to Teddy Riley, um, who um, invited him to work on there, the album. There he is, Teddy Riley, come <laughs> There he goes again. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know. I would say just like continue listening to his stuff. So um, last year, uh, he put out an album called Adult Swim uh, based off of the, I guess, segment or show on Cartoon Network, which he grew up uh, watching. So there's a lot of references to it. It's got a lot of really cool sounds. And in that, I don't know, they they had a lot of like really New Jabez sort of inspired like breaks in between their show segments. So there's a lot of um, sounds uh, similar uh, to that. And uh, from what I can tell, um, if you just follow his Twitter feed, um, it looks like he's doing stuff in K-pop. So stay tuned. Ooh, okay. Something big coming. All right, watch this space. Yeah. All right, so that's it for our hit replays, Black History Month edition Yay. producers. Title of this episode, right? So Lee Suman uh, versus- The battle for Kwangya. The battle for Kwangya. So if you haven't heard the news already, um, and we also want to caveat that this discussion is like took place a week before you're listening to it. So right. if you can imagine yourself going back seven days in time, that's where we're at. Here's actually a recording from Tamar Herman, who uh, on her TikTok and Instagram uh, kind of recapped where we are today. Hey, everybody. I'm Tamar. I'm a music journalist who specializes in K-pop and international entertainment. And today I'm going to break down all the big business dealings that have gone on this week at SM Entertainment and why this is big news for K-pop. So for starters, SM Entertainment announced that they were going to be pivoting to the 3.0 iteration of the company, which included the co-CEOs announcing that they would launch some new groups and that Isuman, the founder and executive producer of the company, would be taking a step back. This wasn't such a surprise because investors haven't been happy with Isuman in recent years, and there was already some contracts being terminated with him. But what was a surprise was that Isuman didn't know about this. It turned out that internally there was fighting between staff members who believed that Isuman needs to have a role in the company and people who think that there needs to be a new direction for the company. Then it was announced that Kakao Entertainment, the entertainment arm of the tech giant in South Korea, um, would be investing in SM and becoming the second largest shareholder. This was also news to Isuman. Isuman then countered this by making a deal with Hive Corp to sell his shares and make Hive the first largest shareholder. Hive is best known as the home to BTS and has become a huge entertainment power player and tech company in recent years. Along with the SM news, they also acquired Quality Control in the USQC, best known as the home to Migos and a few other hip-hop artists that are really uh, active nowadays. Right now, both deals are kind of up in the air because both Isuman and SM are not happy with the others a deal. Isuman filed an injunction against the Kakao deal, saying that as the first largest shareholder at the time, he needed to be in the know about that deal, while SM has come out against the Hive deal. Neither Hive nor Kakao have bought SM, but both are on the track to acquire the company. There was already talks last year about either Hive or Kakao or CJEM, another major power player in the region, to acquire SM as the company was trying to find a new path forward. But we all thought that Isuman would be part of this. Hive has issued a statement saying that they will agree and validate Isuman's vision. So Isuman is really trying to fight for this and to keep the company in his vision as he had started it years ago. People who want progress and shareholders who are really unhappy with Isuman's vision are trying to really get the cacao deal going. It's probably going to come down to the courts and the federal trade commissions in South Korea to determine which deal will go through and whichever one will have the path to acquire SM. Right now, neither Hive nor Kakao have bought the company. Both have just invested in it heavily and become majority shareholders. 
whether that holds it's still TBD. We don't know what this will do for the artistic vision or for anybody's roles in the company. Uh, we will have to stay tuned and find out, and I will try to update you in weeks to come. As things develop, I'll try to update you here, but I'll also be sharing information on my Twitter at Tamar Writes, and I'll be sharing some random stuff, including articles that I write on Instagram, also also Tamar Writes. You can also follow my notes on K-pop Substack, where I talk about random things, and I interview artists. I also share all the articles I've written of the week and the things I'm reading and talking about, so you can just get a general sense of what is going on. So what do you think? <laughs> um, I, you know, actually, we, before we, we give our own reactions, maybe I just want to get the reactions of some of our listeners in the Slack. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, like as this news was breaking, like people, listeners in the Slack, they were sharing links and articles to, to different things. Uh, Dina wrote, our, where's our the Slack popcorn? had not seen that much activity in a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, I love whoa. that people came to chat like in our Slack about this. Yeah, I, well, everyone's, I think, just looking for their their outlet and the people they can talk with. But um, yeah, so Dino was like, hey, where's the popcorn? This is getting good and had a gif of a person eating popcorn. And then C said, so now it's going to be cacao versus high for con- control of Kwanya. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what else? Uh, Dino said that uh, Lee Simon is punishing the company because they tried to kick him out. Speaking in head silhouette emoji. If you don't want me or my vision, then I'll give my share to someone who does. Triumph emoji, <laughs> grunting with <laughs> hair coming out of nostrils, uh, face. Um, and then C also said, like, the fact that this was all happening while Lisa Mon was in the hospital with a broken uh. arm is also a lot. They said that they're picturing very dramatic scenes and an imaginary drama where. Someone is in the hospital gown and uh, and is ordering people around to get him contract copies and then close-ups of the cast as he signs the paperwork. Right. It's giving very, like, chibble drama, K-drama yeah. antics. Makjang. <laughs> Makjang, yes. Oh, man. I'm thinking oh, yeah. of, like, yeah, what are, what are some dramas that, like, took on this kind of issue well? Has there been a drama about the like K-pop label heavyweights and their battles against each other? Like usually it's about the artists, right? Mm -hmm. Has anyone really taken this on? I'm sure they will after today. I mean, there are a few, but not not specifically about like these kinds of internal battles in the company as far as like creative direction. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, it's very entertaining for sure. <laughs> entertaining, uh, but also like I, I feel like a lot of fans have this knee jerk reaction of just very worried because, you know, while all these people at the top are, are battling it out for millions and dollars and there are all these people at the bottom, especially the artists who usually lose out the most in these situations and the employees of the company who lose out the most in, in these situations who are still just like trying to do their job. Like EXO posted a dance practice video on their YouTube that they hadn't posted in like months and months. And it was like, it, it feels like they're, they're just trying to show that they're still functioning as a company mm. while things are going on, which is a little comforting. But still, it's 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 worrisome as just a fan who, who doesn't really know what's going on, that if you're if your artists are still going to be able to to do the projects that we were expecting from this year. Well, mm-hmm. I, I I mean, realistically, what what's at stake? Are those projects in danger? 
I mean, realistically, like e- even if if uh, ownership was to change hands, I mean, honestly, you're yeah. probably in danger either way. No matter yeah. who, like looking at the SM's stock prices and their what do you call it earnings reports over the past couple of years, like it's been clear that investors or the shareholders have not been pleased with the lack of growth mm-hmm. of SM. And so some kind of corrective action was going to come down on them. And like, whether it's a merger, whether it's like internal layoffs, like we're seeing in the U S tech industry, Oof. like something was going to give, I think with SM and yeah, that means that departments, artists, projects are on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. In order to like get back to some imagined level of growth that the shareholders are demanding. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like Michaela says, that does suck for the folks at the bottom who are not going to know whether they have a job like until the very last minute. You know, they're the last to find out as all of these decisions are made at the very top. Yeah, maybe another G friend sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Hybe in the picture, because you think with the acquisitions that Hybe has done, it hasn't especially been great for the artists who originally add these labels. Especially there have the been girls. a few that have had successful, you know, transitions into this new Hybe empire. But, you know, a lot of female artists have not fared so well. And then there's also the creative direction, like there has been some crossover with with some, you know, high producers getting involved in projects and these other labels. But is that even the right move or is is that even the right thing for the artists going forward, especially since they've already built their kind of you know, creative identity that the fans are already used to and would, willing to support? Why do you guys think this is like really blowing up so much right now? Because we, we've seen or maybe we haven't seen. Mm. Something of this scale? That's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's because it's it's SM. It's uh, the big yeah. three. It's this really Formerly big shakeup. Basically, the the it, mm, not in not in terms of earnings, but in terms of like influence or like brand recognition or just legendary status. SM is number one. Yeah, in K-pop, we have label stands. I feel like that's one of those unique things about the fandom and compared to, to, you know, other music industries is that you have people who who follow companies and whatever the company's artists are doing and kind of rally behind the company specifically, because especially over the past decade, you know, we've had these three companies kind of carving out their own kind of unique lanes in the industry. And usually, especially with like Kakao, when it comes to the labels that they acquired, a lot of them were like, or that they they did dealings with, a lot of them were the smaller labels that the big three weren't necessarily threatened by. And so now you see, you know, these this big conglomerate of Kakao and CJ and Hybe kind of invading this this territory in a sense. Yeah, I, I don't think we have seen a an acquisition or consolidation of this scale. Like as long as I've been a K-pop fan, honestly. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just from, just from like an industry perspective, I'm always nervous and side-eyeing when consolidation like this happens. I'm thinking monopoly. Yes. I'm yes. thinking of just like 
less competition, more control, less freedom (laughs) for folks involved. I mean, it was heading in that direction anyway. Here we are. Does Hype have enough money? (laughs) That is the real question, ladies and gentlemen. Where are they getting all this money to just like all of a sudden... Right, they, they, they have recently made an, a very expensive acquisition with quality control right. for their Hybe America. 300 mil so, out the door? Yeah. So it, one, <laughs> I know they have some money, but mm, not this much. Mm-hmm. They've got some loans out. They're, they're putting it on credit. So we'll see what happens with that. But hey, you know, like now's the time to do it. They are at the top of their game. And yeah, now's the time to go big, I suppose, from their perspective. Yeah, I I, I want to say like there's probably even bigger powers at play with uh, just cacao in the mix here. Like uh, probably other like tech companies behind this. Like the final boss has yet to enter the, yeah, <laughs> the chat. No, no, wow. Honestly, I, I really think that that's really what's at stake here. Mm hmm. Well, I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Or if you guys are listening in the future, you already know. <laughs> yeah, tech or electronics rather is the other economic powerhouse in Korea. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, also they just have way better margins than you would ever get through K-pop. Right. So, yeah. But then I don't know. Maybe maybe Lusuman might see hype or what's like no not hype system entertainment finally become the the tech company of his dreams right (laughs) yeah yeah right right Uh, like i don't know what what the you know inevitable outcome is going to be but what i want all ai idols across the board (laughs) all ai generated (laughs) what's that thing that you posted in the slack stephanie about the absolute boyfriend is coming soon with so bad the NCT Johnny, like you you compose them however they want and like make them wink at you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing. There's only the face, <laughs> not the full <laughs> body. <laughs> well, okay. Um, anyway, I was gonna say like the one thing I just want is Lisa Ma to get his dream of like Kwanya. Also, for me to be right about the uh, <laughs> right Kwanya uh-huh. discovering oil prediction. K-pop that, right. 2023 prediction. Maybe, maybe that's why everyone's rushing to to acquire. That's SM a stretch, because, Peter. Because they're trying to get access to Kwanya's oil reserves. Okay. We'll take that as a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Right. Okay. Um, Wait, so are we Daybok or not? <laughs> what? That's too hard. No, wait, no, sorry. This is how you think. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You can let us know if you're Daybok or not. It's a how you think. On. It's a hot, hot, hot issue. Yeah, hot issue. Oh, maybe that's what we should call the section. Yeah, this I is think the we hot should go back for- to hot issue because yeah. All right, and then we can have the hot issue thing play every time we move into the section of the show. Okay, rather than playing the sample, we'll just have you guys sing it <laughs> every time. I'm done. Come on take control. Take control. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> I, I was gonna join in, but like I'd be so off pitch and oh, I just people would like, just tune out. Okay, totally bombed. Okay, so. well, anyway, moving along. PDNM, what's your uh, <laughs> hot issue? Yeah, so moving on to other epic battles in the Hallyu. My hot issue this week is two Korean variety shows. One 
I wanted to give a shout out to Emma from mykpopshow.com. They wanted us to let you guys know about their Boys Planet page, specifically their Boys Planet pick page that you can use to follow along with all of your faves from this new reality show from Mnet. Um, and the, the page on mykpopshows.com. Yes, on mykpopshows.com. And to be honest, I need it. With 98 trainees, it was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot going on in this show, guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of different trainees from all walks of life on this program. It was very helpful. So who, who did you put in your bracket? Who's going to win? Right now, to be honest, it's just Hui. Hui from Pentagon. He was the biggest like surprise guest on this show. Very Everybody was very surprised to see him considering Pentagon is kind of an established group. Um, but we're, we're continuing the saga of Pentagon making me cry at like 5 a.m. in my room because he was telling this story about how you know, when he he was released from military re, like recently last year and he was he rejoined Pentagon, nobody wanted to work with them. Like, no, there was no producers that saw them as, uh, you know, an interesting group to work with. And so he felt like this was one of like the few chances he was going to get to build up Pentagon's recognition again. So it's just it's really hard to see him on the show. And I really hope he does well. Well, according to mykpopshows.com, it looks like the popular picks are Kim Jiwoo. Y- yes, Jiwoo. Mm. He is he's the BL actor. Oh, <laughs> well then. Oh. Yeah, so he he originally deb- debuted as an actor in a few boys love dramas, so that's kind of he's already kind of built a, a following. Mm-hmm. And that. then I guess Ricky is in a close second from Yeah, one of the I think he's from Yu-Yu-Hua. Taiwan or or China. Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Check out my kpopshows.com. Yeah. And then the other one is Physical 100 or Physical. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the other epic battle show that I've been into right now. One, because the bods on that show are very nice to look at. And two, it's just, it's just a really fascinating survival program that's like really about survival. Like, Oh, people really? Keep, keep, people not, keep, not like Survivor? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, people keep comparing it to like Squid Game in this sense. But oh, it's yeah. yeah, because of the, the challenges that they're making these people go through. And these are people from all walks of of physicality. Like you like you get anywhere from a bodybuilder to a cheerleader, from like a rapper and a singer to... Uh, a police officer like there's there's huh. just so many different types of bodies and physicalities you, you on the show and um zombie choreographer yes yeah, zombie choreographer mm. there's a there's a dancer on the show who specializes in breaking and you, you no, it's no, so it specializes in zombie movement for zombie movies yeah sorry zombie movements but it just watching the show and seeing people like use all of their expertise and physicality in these challenges is just so interesting I gotta check this out. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you, you got to. There's someone I, from Singles it. Inferno in there, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, the the guy who um, was Cha Hinsung. Yeah, who, Hinsung. who's um, he was uh, Sunmi's backup dancer as yep, well. Yep. Yep. Oh, the dancer dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sign me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like to that point of like Squid Games, like it's really violent. Yes. <laughs> and it's yes. like. It, it's intense. Like I tried watching it at work and I had to stop because it was just a lot going on. Yeah. Well, 
if you could imagine like, you know, Western reality version of the show, mm-hmm. I could see someone dying. Oh my God. <laughs> like if, right. they, if they fit them in no. the same like challenging context, like this, like likely there's some a little bit of restraint, but you can also see people like. Yeah, because these are these are like professional fighters, professional like guys that kill people. Wait, I thought there's like singers and stuff. And there there is. is. Yeah. That's again, it's very diverse cast. Mm, Squid Games. That doesn't sound fair. <laughs> Squid Games. All right. Mm-hmm. Guess I'll have to check it out. Yeah. But Stephanie, what is your hot issue? for yeah, this So week? mine is a, a little less violent. Um, I found something quite delightful on Instagram the other day, a soulful R&B cover of New Jeans Ditto by none other than legendary Korean R&B queen Anne, a.k.a. Anne One. She's one of my favorite Korean vocalists, like if not the, the number one, maybe my top. Um, she's Korean American, LA native. Um, she's been in the game since like 2002 with feel good entertainment, formerly known as movement crew, like tiger JK and Yunmi Ray's label. And if you know, Yunmi Ray, the two of them debuted together as a duo Tashani. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That was fun facts from the olden days. (laughs) So if anybody doesn't know, Anne, like go look her up, check her out and just let her like honey vanilla vocals wash over you. Ooh, honey vanilla. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> I prefer this cover to the the fake Drake one that's been going around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right, Pilo. All right. So beyond the glitz, the glam, and the colors of K-pop, there is a dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh my gosh. I thought we weren't doing that cliche anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. So that, that that's that's the the gotcha. That's the pun. Um oh it's, by the way, like there was this other what CBS uh Morning America show. Mm-hmm. They did like, you know, let me introduce K pop to you for like the locals and like the right. grandmas who watch broadcast TV. And um <laughs> you know, without missing a beat, like the the anchors like is there a dark side? Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So by the way, if you're if you're new to our show, uh, we did an episode um, what, late last year mm-hmm. on just the cliches of the dark sides of K-pop just because it's like, come on, like this is not accurate. And like, why, why is it that, you know, Western reporting always wants to go to this angle in covering K-pop? I think they, they, they feel like, oh, I'm, I'm getting the... Uh, what is it? The the drama, the, 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 I don't know. It's just very salacious, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, you, you can feel better uh, about not having those things, even though it's like totally non-unique anyway. So making fun of that, uh, genius Korea, they put out this article on the dark side of K-pop. Hmm. Um, and it starts off saying like, oh, you know, there's a dark side in this industry, you know, mistreatment, grueling schedules. Ah, just kidding. Um, and then they, they go through this listicle of like all these dark uh, concepts. Yeah. <laughs> the best so there concepts. there is a dark side of K-pop. Yeah. Check out all these uh, dark concepts, you know, from Vix and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, shout out to Syed for... They got uh, me. Well, rather, yeah. Michaela's tweet got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, what did you tweet, Michaela? 
Something to the effect of, we know, I'm so happy that they are discussing this very important topic because this people need to know. It needs to be discussed. It's very, very important. Right. Got me. Okay. All right. So moving along. Um, Daybuck or not. So uh, our Daybuck or not section is rapid fire, more or less. Maybe we're not exactly rapid fire lately, but um, I'll say a thing. And then you say whether you're Daybok, a.k.a. glass half full or not, a.k.a. glass half empty on that thing. And you can say you're Daybok or not to that thing and however you want to interpret it. So you can interpret the thing whichever way you want. Okay. So are you guys Daybok or not on Big Bang Sungri uh, being released from prison after completing his sentence? Hashtag Sungri we, we waited. <laughs> Is that from his fans? Yes, from his fans. His three three remaining fans. I, I feel like you can't call them fans. I, I feel like you have to call them something like enablers or oh. uh, misogynists uh. or <laughs> I don't know. Like Yeah, yeah, they, they don't think what he did was wrong. Just because it's mm. such a bad thing that they're promoting, honestly. Yeah, it's hard to touch this one. You know that I'm a I'm a prison abolitionist, so I do not believe in locking people up as the answer to addressing our society's ills. And I'm not particularly I'm not going to be like, yay, he's out either. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. I mean, there there had to be like some some justice, right? But it, mm-hmm. like, was this the appropriate sentencing? I wonder, because like on one hand, it almost feels too short but like i i think i'm with you on like stephanie on like is it a jail sentence that that is the right thing right is that is that really going to like putting him away really stop this phenomenon yeah exactly in the industry no i bet it's as it's going on as bigger than ever yeah i'll just i'll just say not yeah (laughs) Okay. Yeah, not on, not, not on this whole situation. Not on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you guys Daybok or not on uh, Baekhyun finishing his military service? Daebak, because EXO needs to tour this year. <laughs> I'm just glad to have Baekhyun back on the scene. He's yeah. delightful. He's talented. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. All right. Daybok's all around. Are you guys Daybok or not on JYP Entertainment donating 500 million uh Korean won to World Vision Emergency Relief for the Turkey in Syrian um, earthquake. I think I'm seeing news of a lot of idols and companies donating. I mean, yeah, when folks are suffering, we all got to come together and pitch in and help, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure for the companies, it's like a big tax write-off too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just saying. And they get the free PR as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, hey, we're talking oh, they're about good it. guys. Yeah. Hey, trying to do some good in the world. I'll give it a day <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I'll be day on it too. Are you guys? Oh, I love this. Are you guys day or not <laughs> on the San Francisco Bay Area Rapid Transit, aka the BART, BART, in their TikTok account using New Jeans's Oh My God or OMG? Uh, of their train coming through. Yeah, hoping say, that my train will yeah, come hoping through. Hoping that the BART will come <laughs> I'll through. I'll say Daybok on the video because the video was cute. But then again, I'm not I'm not really in the SF area very often, so I don't know the struggles. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, I found it. I thought it was cute. I was actually like, oh, wow. I, I didn't expect to see Bart come across my K-pop TikTok mm-hmm. timeline. I didn't think they would jump on this, but maybe they've got like a, a, a K-pop fan, Gen Z social media intern oh, who's got the reins. Well, I think it just points to the popularity of new jeans just taking over the world. And oh, OMG, right. oh my God, just also winning everywhere. We should add that to our bingo card. Yeah, right. When Peter says that. Oh, but new jeans winning? Yeah, new jeans taking over the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But also yeah, no, look, it, do, it does show that. You're right. If you look at the um, the comments and the post, you can see like, you know, Grindr and um, yeah, who else? just like all these brands. other brands were trying to capitalize on it. True. Which just kind of shows you like, the demographic that advertisers are trying to reach, um, <laughs> you know, with, with this sort of uh, phenomenon. And I definitely see it in my club gigs as well. So, mm. yeah, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm into the back on it. I, I think it's just really cute and funny and I feel seen. And <laughs> I also missed two BART trains because, they, or they were canceled. And so I was waiting at the BART a really long time earlier this week. <laughs> And I was also See, saying, but they're making oh, fun oh of God. you. They're making you know. light of your suffering. Suffering. Right. Yeah. I was maybe, maybe it feels better because there's like a song. 40 minutes. Like I was waiting because uh, like, it was like two trains that were canceled. I hate that. Yeah. You never know when it's going to happen. Okay. Right. Anyways. Uh, are you guys day black or not on Sunmi's 16 year anniversary since her 16 debut? 16 years. How old am I then? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not Dang. think about that. <laughs> You're 18 years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. 21. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Not a day older than, uh, yeah, 20. Mm. Uh, whatever. Yeah, Daybox, she's still going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Daybox as well. But, you know, honestly, when I hear 16 years, uh, I guess two things. Like, one, like, you know, she's looking great and she's also really young yeah. still. Like, I, I believe that she's just very young as a professional, but also 16 years almost feels too short despite her like you know because I, I feel like she's been around even longer than that mm. and her influence has been more than that but i don't know anyway mm. that I, sounds about right to me yeah i was supposed to get a photo with her a vip my wife uh. that we anyway okay <laughs> well, let's here's to another on. 16 years so peter can yeah. get his photo uh, no. next time next time she comes to san francisco okay are you guys doing back or not on bts not winning the grammys and not going to the grammys Debak. Yeah. I feel like if they are going to win, it should be for something else. Huh? Yes, I'm I'm Debak on just that whole drama about them and the Grammys just fading into the distance. No more. Yeah, I, I think um I'm Debak on them just like not letting it be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they don't need it. They don't need it. The Grammys need BTS more than BTS needs Grammy. Yep. Okay. Are you guys Daybuck or not on and Hypen headlining the inaugural We Bridge Music Festival and Expo in Las Vegas? <laughs> I mean, triggered. Very triggered. Why, why are you triggered? <laughs> Wait, why? Just like it's, it's another can we festival. Trust? <laughs> oh, another campfire! It could, it could. This could be just like the desert campfire, like <laughs> yeah, stuck in, <laughs> stranded in Vegas. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd rather be. To be honest, if I go, I'd rather be stranded in Vegas than Pasadena. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I can't. 
I, I opposite opinion to that. Yeah, you'd I, rather I, be I in Pasadena, Vegas. Peter. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Vegas with a passion. Okay, are you guys debuck or not on Jimin's comeback in March? Debuck, debuck. It's gonna be a full album, right? It it just says debut. So as of right now, we just know he's coming out with something in March. All right, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for more like serendipity filters. Yes. Yeah, kind those of are sound. really good. Mm. Those are good songs. That's good music. Something that really shows not his vocal- like vibe. Sorry. Yeah, his vocal color. Something for him. You know, vibe could have been really good. Uh, like, I actually, I actually like some... it. I've come around on vibe. I've, I've come oh, around really? to like vibe, but mm-hmm. like, I think it could have been a lot better. Okay, last one. Are we Debak or not on Singles Inferno season three? Oh, Debak. Yes, <laughs> Debak. I, I am so You're sold so on addicted, this show. Peter. Yeah. I am too. I'll be honest. Season two really got me, Peter. I also cried while watching the end end of season two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It took, it took a second for me to really get into it. But once I did, I'm I'm here. I'm here for it. I can't wait till season three starts. We were all living through Jongwoo. Oh, Uh. well, I just felt like, um, army dude got more attention than he deserved. All of the girls were all up on him. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a horrible person or anything, but just. Yeah. If I, if I was like new on the show, I would not try and get him like reading the room. Like I would pick my second or third favorite. <laughs> <someone who was> available. <laughs> yeah. You're going to let you, would you let your date know that they were the second or third pick? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who says you have to tell the truth? I'm just trying to walk out of here with somebody, you know? Oh, okay. That's how mm-hmm. I that's how I, I wished some of the ladies would play. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it looks like according to Sumpi, they're introducing some new filming locations and rules. So let's see new how this rules. next season is gonna be different. I would like to see like K pop related peripheral talent entertainers mm. or something on the show. Like pro- I don't know. I think oh, wait, it's probably so too like, hard to have like, idols. Themselves, we got married, but, but with singles and eh. with like the oh, idols instead of. Oh my god, that would be nuts if they had like only idols on Singles Inferno. Oh gosh. Oh, could you imagine the that controversy would, that would from that? That would be so nuts. But they would never do that. They would like their reputations are at stake, so they everything yeah, would just would be, be scripted and clean. Yeah, they'd be way too polite on that show. Yeah, they are p- too polite already. Yeah. I'm like, come on, get in there. Get in where? <laughs> get to it. <laughs> get get to what? Right. Oh, that was the best thing about this season. Cause again, I skipped around during the first one, but I like how they like they go to the hotel room and then they sit in separate beds and yeah, they're they like just not sit and talk. <laughs> They're in like the pool and they just like they're stand in the pool, there but they're talk. not touching each other. They just got like these like the slow like the subtlest uh. little finger touches. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was the hottest part, right? The, the, the finger no, pull. No, 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 Mr. Captain Hook. Okay, let me explain. No, no, that's what the canines are calling it. He's Captain Hook. Okay, let me kind of reset expectations here. Part of what makes Singles Inferno so good compared to like you know, Bachelors in Paradise or or whatever, <laughs> um, is because there is that restraint intention. 
Like mm. it's it's that tension sure. between those things that just feels drawn out and rot and you know, uh, it's that like that 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 like But there's no release like ever the whole show. No, I think there's a release at the end, but that that that's that's what keeps me Not going is that like okay. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're I mean, more like I've I've enjoyed the supplementary content like on YouTube. Mm. I feel like they've been picking a lot more people who already have, you know, experience being like YouTube or influencers on Instagram and other social media. So I feel like there's some of that in that secondary aspect of the show. Mm, okay, I'll check some of the YouTube content out. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Um, you can uh, join us in the Slack and you can also give us your reactions to Lisa Mon as it develops. Inevitably, um, more action, more plot twists are in store for us there, I'm sure. Um, Do you think there's oil in Kwanya? <laughs> Let, us know. Let us know. Yeah, Zita wrote. Uh, her friend so said this to, uh, this is Lisa Mon. And it shows a guy pointing out a diagram of uh, find out oh, right. uh, and fuck around. <laughs> like, yeah, the more yeah, you, you fuck that. around, the more you find out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So where can folks find us? I'm at DJ Peter Lowe on the things. I'm uh, Michaela JK Pop on Twitter. I'm S Parker 2 on Twitter. And you can tweet all of us at the K-pop cast. Or Instagram. I don't know. Do we plug your Instagram? Like, it's like... We, we have never mentioned our IG. It's there. <laughs> Is it the K-pop cast? Yes, like yes. that K-pop okay. cast, and the there K-pop are cast. like temple weeds, like you know, blowing. Oh, you can find some of our old shorts and at least one like supplementary video we made for the uh, Bat Blitzers <laughs> interview. <laughs> okay, all right, sounds good. Catch y'all later. Bye. Thank you.